Welcome to the Balance and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Lynette Marie, a mindset and weight loss specialist, as well as a fitness business mentor for women with health goals, CEO aspirations, or just wanting to uncover their best selves. This podcast is your place for all things health, lifestyle, mental wellness, relationship, business building, and doing it all in a way that gives you the balanced lifestyle that helps you thrive. After nearly a decade as a coach, I've realized that the root of losing weight of building a business or thriving in any area in life all comes down to having a positive and growth-based mindset. I believe that your mindset is so powerful and ultimately unlocks everything you want in life. And I'll be sharing so many mindset lessons and hacks in this podcast that will help improve every area of your life. Whether you're trying to lose weight, build a business, improve your relationship, or just be happier, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share with you how to build a balanced life and truly thrive in every area. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited about today's episode because I am teaching you how to deal with unmotivated clients, which is really, this is the type of thing that I teach my business clients is really how to handle their own clients. Of course, primarily what I'm teaching them is how to build a business and how to have a profitable business and how to sell. But I'm also there for my clients when they are just struggling as a coach in their coaching endeavors. Most of you know I've been a coach in some capacity for over eight years now. I got my start coaching in 2014. I was a fitness coach and I was a fitness coach for seven years, eight years. Yeah, long time. And before I even started as a personal trainer, I was kind of coaching online, just kind of casually. Um, but I've, I've been in the coaching industry and helping people for close to a decade now. And so I've had experience with probably 2,500, maybe 3,000 clients at this point. Um, I have really had a lot of experience with both highly motivated clients and also super unmotivated clients. So I know that it can be really difficult when we have an unmotivated client or a client who's just not doing what what we've asked them to do in order to get the results that they have paid us to help them get. And I also know how as a coach, it can be really easy to take that on as like a personal flaw. Like if my client is not doing well, then that must mean something about me or that means that I'm a bad coach. And trust me, I played that game for a long time. I definitely judged myself as a coach based on how my clients were doing in that moment or how maybe one particular client was doing. If I had a client who was not doing well, not performing, really not doing the things that I asked them to do, I would assume it was my fault. I would assume I was not a good enough coach, that I was not being a good coach to them and really just make it my own personal problem. I also didn't know how to help unmotivated clients. Like I knew what to do as a coach in terms of like, hey, I know what to tell you to do in order to get results. Like if you just do X, Y, Z, you'll get results. But I didn't know how to deal with a client who was struggling to actually put into action what I was telling them to do, which is actually fairly common. Many clients, I would even say most of our clients, fitness clients, business clients, therapy clients, any type of client is going to struggle um, or a lot of them are going to struggle with putting what we say into action because it's not just as simple as doing something, right? We know that if we've ever gone on a diet or started a business, we may know what to do, but we really struggle with making it happen. And I'm sure if you are a coach or you've ever helped anybody in like their fitness journey or some kind of journey, 
then you have realized that frustration of telling somebody like, Hey, here's how, here's how you get results. And like, here's what you need to do. And then have that person not follow through. Um, again, I, as a coach, it can be hard to not take that on personally, either getting frustrated at the client or mad at the client, um, or being frustrated with ourselves and taking that on as a personal flaw, or, you know, this means something is wrong with me as a coach, which it definitely most of the time does not mean that. So, so to kick this conversation off, I want to give a couple pieces of advice that are going to help you avoid having so many unmotivated clients. Two things that I recommend that you have that will help you have less of an issue with unmotivated clients, I should say. Um, so for starters, we definitely want to have an application process. I'm sure you've seen a lot of coaches online have like an application where people have to fill out an application in order to work with them. Maybe you've seen that and you don't know why people do that or you feel like, well, why would I do that? I feel like it just slows people down. Like I want people to be able to just go to my website and buy coaching, which I get. I did that for a long time. But part of the reason for an application process, and there are many reasons, but part of the reason for an application process is so that you can really feel out and sort out who is ready for change and ready to take on the process of this coaching program and who is serious. There are a lot of people who are very, they want a transformation. They want it really badly, but they're not actually ready to do the work. They really want to lose weight. They hate where they're at, but they're not actually at a place mentally and emotionally where they are ready to commit to the process of change. And so we have an application process to really help us feel out people who are just excited versus people who are excited and ready and also serious. So having an application process is going to help you sort out the unmotivated people who, you know, they're usually the people who basically want you to just wave a magic wand over them and make them skinny, right? I would I would be able to tell if I was seeing an unmotivated client if I'd have somebody apply and I would get on the phone with them and they'd be like, yeah, like I just like never work out and oh, I hate working out and I never want to. And like, yeah, like I know I should be eating healthier, but like, oh, I just like can't. And like, I just eat fast food all the time, but I need to be skinny and I need to lose 20 pounds. And I just know if I hire you, I'm going to lose weight. Not to say that that person's not going to get results or commit to the program, but when I can see someone who's very short-sighted and somebody is really just putting all of their faith on my program and really not talking about the commitment that they're going to be making to the program, that a lot of times is somebody who's not ready, not serious. They are just really upset with where they currently are, and they would love for you to be the magic wand. We can wave over them. So we have an application process to help sort out who is ready and serious. And the second thing that we do that helps us not end up with unmotivated clients is by keeping our rates high. By having high rates, charging a lot of money for your coaching. I know I just lost like half of you and you're scared and you're shaking in your boots and you're like, I can't charge high rates. Okay, well, listen to this. When your rates are higher, when you charge an amount of money that, first of all, you very, very much deserve, but second of all, is not something that's just super easy for people to send over, your prices, your rates will serve as a form of accountability. It's much easier for a client to blow off a $50 program than it is for them to blow off a $500 program. It's also easier for a client to blow off a two dollars or $300 program than it is for them to blow off a $2,000 program. So we charge high rates because we freaking deserve to and have every right to, but also because when we have high rates, it helps keep our clients way more accountable because they're just not as likely to blow it off if they're financially invested 
You may have heard this before. I've said it before, but most people are about as emotionally invested in a program as they are financially invested. That's obviously not true across the board, but I have found that when my rates are lower, client engagement is often lower versus when my rates are higher, client engagement is higher. Therefore, results are higher and clients are a lot more motivated because they have that that financial investment really keeping them accountable on the hard days when if the program was just $50 or $100, it'd be a lot easier for them to kind of cut their losses and walk away versus when they've invested, you know, hundreds of dollars, if not $1,000 or more into a program Well, you know, they might have a bad day or an uncomfortable day, but they've got this investment that they're just like, oh, I can't walk away from this. Like, I can't just like blow off this program. I paid this much money. I have to make it work for me. So having high rates, which I, you know, I I hate even calling it a high rate. It's really just a rate that coaches deserve, but having rates that are not just like cheap is going to help weed out some unmotivated people because trust me, an unmotivated person is not as likely to charge an un- or pay an uncomfortable rate for coaching, but an unmotivated person will definitely throw 50 bucks at a plan, cross their fingers and hope for the best. You know what I mean? But okay, let's say that you do these things and you still end up with an unmotivated client, which by the way, totally can happen. What do we do in this in, in this situation, right? We've got a client who maybe we've worked with them for a few weeks or a couple of months, and they are just not doing the work. They Maybe they're not checking in very often. Maybe they're hard to get a hold of. Maybe every time you ask them to do something like track their macros or get their workouts in, they're just not doing it. Um, and sometimes they will come to you and express their frustration and be like, oh, like I'm just struggling with motivation. And that's one thing. But then you'll have the people who literally it's like they just ghost. They just don't care. They take forever to get back to you. They always come up with excuses. They refuse to take responsibility. They refuse to even say like, I'm unmotivated. It's just always one excuse after another. And it can be really frustrating as a coach to have to deal with that because you know, like, dude, if you're not doing the work, you're not going to get results. And I'm not going to want to hear you complain about that in six weeks when nothing has changed, but you're not the one doing the work. So as a coach, it can be super frustrating, but it also can be really kind of emotionally scary to us, right? I don't want to assume anybody's feelings, but I know in the past when I've seen a client work with me for a while and they're super unmotivated and they're not getting results, I start to feel a little bit nervous. I would start feeling nervous. I'd be afraid like, oh my gosh, what if they think this program's not good? Or what if they think I'm a bad coach? Well, if they're not getting results, am I a bad coach? So like all of these fears about myself would start to come up when I would see a client was unmotivated which is just super unhealthy and super inappropriate. Um, So let's talk about a few things that we want to do when we have a client in this position. So the first thing that I would say is that we definitely want to have empathy and really come down to their level rather than trying to force them up to ours. A lot of us, I think as coaches, we get in this like, we can be like bad coach, (laughs) good coach, bad coach, right? Where we want to just kind of like ride our clients a little bit, like no excuses, stop being a victim. You've got to do the work. If you want it, you would do it, right? It's, It's easier for us as coach to kind of be in that space of telling people like, hey, this is how it is. It is what it is. You either do the work or you don't. Don't come complain to me, especially in the fitness arena. I feel like it's very easy for us to be very direct and very like... Like, dude, like you either do the work or you don't. I have no patience for you if you're not doing the work, which I get, especially when for us as coaches, maybe this is a place where we're really evolved and we don't, we have not struggled with the things our clients struggle with. However, if you bring that energy to a really unmotivated client, there's a fair chance that they are going to feel judged. 
that they are going to feel discouraged and that they're not going to feel safe with you, which is really going to encourage them to just ghost you more or feel like they're just not supported and they can't come with you with their come to you with their honest feelings. And so I really recommend that when you notice a client is is struggling, whether they communicate it to you or not, and maybe, you know, whether they tell you like, hey, I'm unmotivated, or you're just observing that they are unmotivated, it is going to be so much more powerful and impactful for you to have empathy in that situation and to be understanding, to validate their feelings, validate their frustrations, and to come down to their level and be like, hey, so like, all right, so here we are. We're here in this space where we haven't worked out in three weeks and we've gained three pounds and we feel really bad about ourselves. Okay, I'm here with you. Rather than like, oh, well, if you want results, then you just need to get your butt back to the gym tomorrow, right? I get not every coach is is the kind of coach who's going to sit in the crap with people, but there is a really valuable piece in doing so with clients who are struggling with motivation, especially if your end goal is to help them find that fire again and become motivated. In my experience, it just happens a lot more often where we're able to re-motivate a client when we're kind of like coming back down to their level rather than judging them for not being up to our level. The next thing that I would say to do, and this might seem contrasting, but it's it's really just what we want to do, is that we want to be honest and direct with our clients of what we're seeing happen, right? We want to be very clear, like, hey, I've noticed that you're not working out and that, you know, you're struggling with X, Y, Z. Are you feeling unmotivated? Like, what's going on here? A lot of times, you know, a lot of coaches will have no problem doing that, but I also know there are some coaches who are still a bit like people pleaser-y, So they will just let their clients not do the work and they will just want to be the nice guy and not have to be coach. But let's remember that our clients are not our friends, right? Like they, maybe they become friends if that's something that you are open to. But when our clients hire us, they're hiring us to keep them accountable and to do a job. And so when we recognize that something has come up, that's going to prevent them from getting the results that they want, we want to be honest and direct with them with empathy, right? With understanding and validating their position, but we do not want to let like six weeks go by of a client ghosting us and us just not saying anything or watching a client pretend that she's doing work when you know she's not and us be too afraid to like be direct with them and say, Hey, I think, I think something's going on here. So we definitely want to be direct. And, you know, quite honestly, I would point blank ask clients, are you feeling unmotivated? Like, do you, do you just not feel like doing this anymore? And a lot of coaches maybe are afraid to ask that question because they're afraid of their client being like, yup, send me a refund, uh, which if you have a contract, they can't do anyway. So, um, but yeah, I like to be just honest and direct with them so that I know like, Hey, are you feeling unmotivated? Because once I know that, then I can help you with it. But if you just let a client ghost you or they are ghosting you and you're not doing anything about it then it's going to be really hard, obviously, to, to help support them in that. And we, we do want to support them in that. The third thing that I would say to do is to look for their, what I would call barrier to entry. It's not exactly the right terminology, but look for the barrier for them. So really look at what is causing them to not perform and help them with that. So is it truly just like, a lack of motivation, which there's something underneath that. There's something underneath a lack of motivation. Are they distracted? Do they not care about the goal as much anymore? Why, why is that? What changed for them? Are they busy? Are they tired? Right? A lack of motivation is more than just like a lack of motivation. There's something underneath that, that a lot of times we as coaches can address and help support with. So really figure out like, what is that barrier? Like, 
what is that barrier that's standing between you and consistent action? And what can we do to help you with that? For example, if they're super busy, is there anything we can do as coach to help make their workout plan a little shorter or a little less frequent? Is there any way that we can help them organize their schedule or help uh, with their time management? Or if they are struggling to eat healthy, is there anything we can do to help them, you know, kind of brainstorm easy, fast, healthy meals rather than thinking that fast food is the only way to eat fast food? (laughs) But once we realize as a coach that somebody's lack of motivation is not just that they're like a lazy, unmotivated person. There's there's usually some kind of barrier in their way that they just don't know how to overcome and it's discouraging them, which as long as we know that and understanding that, we can really step in as coach and help identify that barrier so that we can help them overcome it. It just takes that, that effort on our part as a coach to look for that barrier and to help them take small steps towards overcoming that and letting them know what those small steps might be. Speaking of small steps, as you know, the next thing that I really recommend when dealing with an unmotivated client is to be willing to slow down with the client to have them start getting some wins again. What I mean by that is a lot of times as coach, we're very results driven. Of course, like that's what we're paid for. And we really want to help our clients win. Um, However, when a client is unmotivated, one of those barriers could be that they're overwhelmed. And in fact, if they are unmotivated for any reason, chances are the program you have set before them feels very overwhelming at this time. And trying to get themselves out of that unmotivated state and committing to all of the pieces that you've given them, right? The nutrition plan, the workout plan, the water, the progress photos, all of that stuff, that can feel very overwhelming to them. So one of the most valuable things that I always did as a coach that I know really helps my clients was being willing to slow down even if it meant that we were cutting out some really important parts of the program just for a short period of time to help the client start feeling like a winner again. Because if you're giving a client this like seven step thing that they're supposed to do every day, like you've got to track your macros and drink all this water and do your weigh-ins and, you know, make sure you're eating enough vegetables and you need to do this and, and you need to work out. And if they're not doing that every day because it's just too much for them, then they're just going to end the day feeling like a loser. So why not give your client a couple of weeks where, hey, maybe we're just going to focus on getting workouts in. We'll worry about food in a couple of weeks. Right now, let's just aim to get those workouts in. Or, you know, maybe instead of full on tracking, you say to them, hey, let's let's just try to eat four servings of fruits and veggies today. I, I'm not worried about anything else. Let's just t- take this one tiny step in the right direction that you can handle so that you can start feeling like a winner. Right, Because if you you know, dwindle that to-do list for your client down a bit and have them just doing a couple of things that they really feel certain that they can manage and let them do that for a week, at the end of the week, they are going to feel like a winner because they're actually doing what's on their to-do list. And that's going to not only help motivate them again, but they're going to feel really encouraged. They're going to feel like, dang, like I'm doing this. Like I, I'm actually doing this. I actually did what I was supposed to do this week. And that's an amazing feeling for, for all of us. That's an amazing feeling. And from there, once your client is just feeling better and feeling like a winner and feeling like, Hey, I've got this. A lot of times they're back in the right headspace. They're back to feeling like, okay, I can take on more. I I can do a little bit more. It's just that so many coaches are unwilling to slow down like that because they know it means it could sacrifice results. But honestly, I would rather see a coach slow down at week six for a client and have maybe a couple of slow weeks only to then ramp back up at week eight or week nine and finish out strong. I'd rather see that happen than for a coach to really insist 
every day of the whole 12 weeks with a client that they have to be doing all of these things or else they're not going to get results only to have the client just dip out at week seven because they just can't handle the pressure and then nobody's happy. You're not happy because your client has failed and your client isn't happy because they never got what they wanted and they also probably resent you now a little bit and that is the worst feeling ever. So that's the fourth thing that I recommend doing, just being willing to slow down with your client for the sake of them feeling good again and feeling like they can actually handle this and then building them back up into a place of being able to perform at a higher level. Then the last thing that I really want to leave you guys with is that as a coach, we've got to know that the motivation level of our clients is their responsibility, not ours. The level of action that they are taking is their responsibility, not ours. This is a really unhealthy boundary that I see a lot of coaches have where they assume that what their clients do or do not do is their responsibility, and that is not true. Or that if their client is unmotivated, it is their responsibility and their fault, and that is also not true. Your job as a coach is to be a guide, to be a support to help them get accountable, to help them overcome barriers, but their emotional state is not your responsibility. Their mood is not your responsibility. Their decisions and choices are not your responsibility. It is their responsibility. And so it is on them at the end of the day to take the actions, to you know embrace motivation. It's their job, not yours. Of course, as coaches, we want to help as much as we can, which is why I've made this podcast episode, because this is a huge question that I get from coaches is like, how do I deal with clients who are unmotivated? We offer support, we offer guidance, we help them overcome obstacles. But at the end of the day, if they choose not to put in the work and you've done your role as coach, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. It's not your problem. Now, if you find that every single client out of like, 30 clients ends up not doing the work, then there could be, you know, a reason to look at your coaching program and just see if you have it set up in a way that's really discouraging or just makes it really hard for people to comply with. But that's usually not the case. 99 times out of 100, it's really just that the client has their own issues and that they're not choosing to be motivated. They're not choosing to, uh, I guess I shouldn't say choosing to be motivated, but like they're not, they're not making the choice to take an action. And that's not your fault as coach. And that's just a really important distinction for us to make as coaches, because we take on way too much from clients and we assume responsibility for their, their motivation and their, their choices and their actions. And we feel bad when they don't get a result, which is, you know, you can feel sorry for them when they don't, if they don't get a result, but if they didn't put in the work, that's on them. It's not on you. You do not need to walk around carrying the weight of that. We, it's really important as coaches that we have those emotional boundaries up and we understand that we are a service provider, not a wizard, right? I, I give you the plan. I give you the strategy. I do my best to be your cheerleader. But at the end of the day, what choices you make are on you. And I will not receive the responsibility of the, your actions and your choices, right? It, it's you make those choices, not me. And I, I can't make them for you if I wanted. I can't want this for you if I wanted you've got to want it. You make the choices you choose to do or not do. And that is on the client. That's on the client. It's not on you as coach. That might sound harsh, but honestly, having healthy boundaries feels harsh to people who are not ready to take personal responsibility. So if a client was ever mad at you because you didn't take personal responsibility for their lack of effort, 
That's somebody with poor boundaries and is really living in that victim mentality and refusing to take responsibility for their own choices and actions, which again, that sounds really harsh. I don't like to live in a harsh coach space personally, um, but I also have some pretty watertight boundaries and I'm, I'm just not going to hold responsibility for something that's not my responsibility and neither should you because as a coach, we have heavy jobs, right? We're, we're sitting in crap with people a lot. We hold people's pain. We hold people's fear. We, we process things with them. You know, if you've ever coached anybody, then you, you know, you end up kind of feeling like their therapist after a while, which I mean, if you're a coach, you probably enjoy that. I know I love getting to know my clients and, and walking through life with them, um, but that's heavy work too. And if we don't have the right boundaries up, it can absolutely drain us and have us feeling all sorts of negative things about ourselves just because of how our clients are performing or are not performing. So let it go, coach. Do your role. Do not try to do your client's role for them. Let them take initiative, step up to the plate and do what they need to do in order to get results. Your job is simply to be the guide, to be the support and to be their cheerleader. So I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. If you have any other questions about like coaching techniques or coaching mechanisms, I definitely love talking about coaching. Again, I've done it for the better part of a decade and I I feel like I've really developed a lot of good coaching skills. So happy to talk more about this. Happy to share uh, more coaching tips. So if you have any requests, shoot me a direct message on Instagram. I'd love to know what you'd love to hear more of uh, on the podcast. I'm going to have other really awesome episodes coming up soon. So definitely keep listening and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Balance and Thrive podcast. If you love today's episode, do me a huge favor and share a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram story and make sure to tag me so I can see it. I'd also love some encouragement and helpful feedback by having you leave a review of my podcast on iTunes. That would be so incredible. But thanks for hanging out with me again today, guys. Catch you on the next episode of the Balance and Thrive podcast.